1: Welcome to the Auburn Live Podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics.
2: Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Auburn Live Show, recruiting edition today. Also known as the shrivel freaking pond. I'm your host Jeffrey Lee, <laughs> senior recruiting editor for Auburn Live on three, and I'm joined today by two of the guys that will help you get through your recruiting fiend. So that's what we're gonna we're gonna consider it today, uh, Mr. Jayhead, looking all cute and straight, and <laughs> I don't mean that in, in any other way other than
0: <laughs> your 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 picture is clear. <laughs> we can see you. Can we hear you? I think so, Jeffy. I think you he can hear me loud and clear, baby. I think, he, I think
1: he was giving you a compliment, Jay.
0: I, I think he was, Cole. You're, you're blushing, was. big dog. <laughs> bit, maybe this is this new camera making me look a little red. That's what. He... <laughs>
2: oh, good to hear you, man. That sounds fantastic. Uh, Jay Head has fixed his audio-video issues with nothing more than a little uh, tender loving care.
0: Yeah, a little tender loving care and an Ethernet cord. And, and, uh, and yeah, and you the ethernet gordon Gord. you know it, it, it's amazing what uh what basic technology would do for you but glad that you guys can see me hear me there's not a uh, gap in between my words this week so or teeth yeah there you go <laughs>
1: hey when so, in doubt go old school
0: when in doubt go old school and or if you're me you go to louisiana and you don't bring back brian kelly's accent so, oh, yeah, yeah, or there dance you go.
2: moves there you, there go. you go also <laughs> joining us today is mr cole pinkston cole how the hell are you big dog
1: I'm doing great. Doing great.
2: Absolutely. You look. Uh. You look like you've uh, doubled your eyes.
1: I have. I have. I can see. Uh. Finally got these glasses fixed and uh, lost the contact this morning. So that's what we're going with today. Sorry about the glare. Yeah. We'll. uh, We'll work through it.
2: That's all right. Jay is stealing all the show today, man. That's. Mm. that's... Well, fellas, the end of May is coming, and we've seen already one official visit. We've got another guy coming in this weekend, and then the, the month of June is really going to be big for Auburn, really going to be big across the country, man. You, you know, used to be you didn't see these uh, official visits till the fall game days. But, man, everything's just kind of getting sped up. I'm okay with it. I like the, uh, the summer visits, I don't think. And if you want to come back for a game, you always can. But to get these kids on campus full weekend when the coaches are uh, – Having all the time that they can to spend with these guys is, is important. Last weekend we saw big offensive lineman Connor Stroh come in for an official visit. Really had good things to say about Auburn when he left on Sunday. He's going to take, I think, three more, uh, Arkansas, Texas, and Texas A&M. Florida is out and uh, before he'll make a decision in July. I've got to say, J-Head, you mentioned Arkansas last weekend for him. Um, I think Cole and I were talking Tuesday night you've always got to consider the, the in-state schools, especially when it's Texas A&M in Texas, but mm-hmm. you know, this guy, uh, this is what I said, kind of kind of an Auburn guy, which an Auburn type guy, you know what I'm talking about. Most people do, but which also, he, uh, which also kind of means he's, he's kind of an Arkansas guy, right?
0: I would think so. I mean, he fits the criteria of what Sam Pittman's looking for. Yeah. It's really tough for me to kind of try to, dive into the Connerstoke recruitment right now because he's got so many other visits to take, and we'll see what he says coming off the heels of his Arkansas visit, which I think is next, and then it's Texas, and then it's Texas A&M. I don't get the feel right now kind of pulsing in with people that are a little bit more familiar with this recruitment than I am that he's a tape right now for Texas A&M, which boils it down to what you guys talked about the other night. It's a Texas-Arkansas-Auburn battle. And so then and there lies who's he most comfortable with, Texas took a bunch of kids last year in their offensive line class. I believe they took seven offensive linemen. Arkansas has done a fantastic job of recruiting the offensive line since Sam Pittman's been there. Auburn is prioritizing the offensive line in this class. He sees that. He feels that. Joe Bernardi, real friend, got on the board with him. They stayed with him the entire visit, basically hugged his hip, made sure he knew he was extremely important to this class. And where I think Connor fits in is he's a kind of a swing guy. You know, he could play interior. Sure. He can play right tackle. When you're looking to take a group as large as we are, which is about six offensive, high school offensive linemen, he feels a lot of need. So you don't feel like you've got to stretch to get a guy at tackle. Or you don't feel like you got to stretch to get a guy at guard. You can get a guy who probably is, you know, high on your board at both. And then that gives you kind of some freedom throughout the rest of your recruiting class to pick up the best players you can at each spot. So that's kind of my feel as of today. I do like where Arkansas sits. I think Auburn did make a move. And then it's how big does, you know, how much does Texas push? How much does Texas AM push? And we'll come and get, we'll get a better feel for this coming into July. I mean, I think that's when he plans to make a decision. And as we near there, the intel will start to kind of flush itself out as to where he's leaving.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what he says after he leaves Arkansas this weekend. Uh, Is it this weekend?
0: I believe it's Arkansas. It's either this weekend or next. Or the next week. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. June 3rd.
2: Interesting to see what he says about that. He is a big and a good looking dude. Uh, he looks like an sec offensive lineman of course all four of these schools are sec or soon to be sec so he is uh he certainly fits the mold uh, absolutely and, and another guy coming in this weekend on friday you know connor Stroh was here all by himself we talked about him getting 100 percent attention from the coaches you gotta you gotta think uh raquez <laughs> mceldery
1: hey pause for dramatic effect <laughs> is
2: going to get the same thing not only is, um Raquez coming in with his mom, his younger brother, his two cousins who he considers his sisters, um, but he's also going to get Braden Joyner coming over from Auburn High School, the Auburn commitment to his cousin. I don't know if I mentioned that. Either way, yeah, he, yeah. He, he's yeah. coming over. So, you're talking about a guy who's going to get a lot of attention. And Auburn's done, told him, man, get ready, dude. Get ready to flip that commitment because we're going to do all that we can to make it happen. Cole, McElderry is a is a big guy on your, uh, your list. What do you think about – what do you think about old Raquez?
1: Yeah, I, I'm watching that one close. I mean, you've had a lot of confidence in that one. We've talked about him a lot as a guy that could possibly make a change. And it could depend a lot on – on what Georgia does on the offensive line and what Alabama does, because they are recruiting him too. Um But getting him in this weekend is huge. Having Braden Joyner there, his cousin, that was big. You know, I saw them together at the Under Armour camp, and they – both of them, man, they're showing out in the camp circuit right now. Not just Raquez, and he was the MVP of that camp that I was at. But Braden Joyner is doing the same thing, and they're cut from the same cloth, right? So, mm. I think uh, – you know, I think Auburn is really pushing that. I think they're saying, look, Braden ain't going nowhere. This is his home. I mean, he is almost like a coach on the staff, man. He's your cousin, you know. <laughs> Bring yeah. it on home. Let's go. So, I think this weekend will be interesting. I think it could be a big turn for Auburn. Um, whether or not he makes a decision or anything anytime soon, I think this weekend is one of those those uh, weekends that you go, well, that's where it kind of turned if Auburn gets him in, in the future. Right. He,
2: he's he been here. This will be his fifth right. visit. He's told me he's got an official visit set to uh, to Georgia June the 17th. <clears throat> so, uh, it's hard for me to think unless he cancels that and flips his commitment, which is very possible. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the Georgia visit, which tells me that Georgia is still pushing for him. Alabama, not – I mean, they're in it. He, he told me that Tennessee, I believe, is the next school he's looking at visiting. Yeah. Although, we know – I think Alabama's probably got him on a – uh on on, they want to see him again yeah i don't think they're they're pushing for him to flip right now but i think tennessee is in the mix i think auburn is definitely in the mix but you've got georgia official visit june the 17th so will he make that trip will he flip his commitment i don't know i think i'll have a really good gauge on him sunday when he leaves and and, you know just one guy coming in i expect him to get the Royal treatment. I know Auburn's made him a top priority. want to try to get him flipped this weekend. I mean, that ideally for Auburn, hey, let's flip your commitment, cancel that Georgia visit, be done with it, get on board with your cousin, and let's make this class, uh, uh, you know, take it to the next level.
0: 100%. Yep. And he's yep. a people mover, man. I mean, he's somebody you want. Look, I don't think it's any secret, and I think Cole's talked about this before, that when Coach Harson and his staff came in, they were a little surprised at the size of the offensive linemen that we had in the room. Now, they've done some things to strengthen the conditioning to kind of change their bodies and make sure that they mesh more offensive with, offensive philosophy, with what they want to do. But you can see it in recruiting, too, You know where they brought in guys like Malik Agbo last year and they didn't really like the way he looked, and instead they pursued a guy like Jalen Farmer, who was a bigger body. Rockwez McEldry is a people mover and a huge – huge person. I mean, and he fits ideally with what they want to do on the offensive line. I mean, he just – he is a prototype right guard for them, would be a huge boost to this recruiting class to get him into the fold. Um, and I'm i am extremely high on his upside of what he could do in this offense.
2: And, you know, and Cole, Cole, you were talking about this on the corner the, uh, maybe yesterday or even today, but another offensive lineman coming in in June, I think middle of June is Connor Liu, offense mm-hmm. in his final 4 We talk, you talk about Connor Lou, Braden Joyner, Rockwist McEldery. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Cole, where do you see those guys? Do you think Connor Lou comes in and bumps those two guys to guards? I mean, not that McEldery is a a center,
1: but Braden Joyner was kind of projected to be a center, right? Yeah, well, actually, Lou Joyner and McEldery can play center, (laughs) right? Um, Right. I think the most pure center of the three is probably Connor Lou. Yeah. And that's what I said on the on the board the other day on the corner. Um, I just like I think he's he's just perfect for he's got the right stature. He's he's real strong in his lower body. And that's not a knock on Braden Joyner. I think he'd be a great center too. I just think he is the one because of his athleticism that could make the move to guard before Lou does. I just think that's where the fit is. Right, So that's why they're recruiting both of them, and they, they're not slowing down on either of them. They're not worried about Braden. Um, they just really like Lou, and I can understand that, even though they're both kind of the same guy as far as that goes.
2: Connor Lou uh, scheduled for June the 17th for an official visit. Right now the only guy in that weekend, but I'm sure that some others will change. So uh, one, one amendment to the visitor list for June – News today out of California, Roger Robinson, the four-star running back who was was expected to visit Auburn the first weekend in June, June the 3rd, committed to UCLA. Not a big surprise after he visited the the Bruins a couple of weeks ago. I would expect him to be taken off that official visitor list in June. June the 10th, we talked about before, is going to be a big weekend. June the 3rd, right now confirmed for uh, June the 3rd, is Jaden Osbury, four-star linebacker from Baton Rouge, younger brother of Austin Osbury. And as well as Jamal Jarrett, big four-star defensive lineman from North Carolina coming down, who is a big, big friend and brother-like figure to Aniche Sledge, who will be on campus. Shit, man, I think those kids are reporting this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the yeah,
0: they are. They're 100%. They're going to report this weekend. And I think the last update I got is seven out of the eight guys will be reporting that, unfortunately, our, our junior college All-American cornerback is going to take a little bit longer. He's probably going to be a July enrollment. Um, but that everybody else is going to be there. So is, is that Keontae? Yes. Keon yeah. Keontae.
2: Yeah, man. That I think he was supposed to be here in the spring. Then he was going to be here in this right? W- weren't we yeah. expecting him early? Yeah. Correct. So we he was May, a mid-year guy. Then yeah. It was
0: June, um, and now it's looking like it's going to be July. But I don't. Oh. Just, I, I don't think there's going to be any snag as far as that goes. Like I think it's it's pretty firm. It's going to be July. There's no real. Anxiousness by the coaching staff that he's not going to qualify. It's just taking one more yeah, than we yeah. anticipated.
1: Really and truly, you know, coming in in July is late, but fall camp doesn't start until August, so he, he's going to miss workout time, but he's not going to miss practice time necessarily. And I think that'll be okay because this guy's the real deal coming in, so he should he should work his way into the rotation at corner soon. And he was my pick for. You know the next man up at the corner position, so uh, I'm I'm excited about that guy. I think he's going to be pretty good. You think he <laughs> walks in on the two deep? Um, I don't know. I don't think he does. I think he probably works into it as we go. Okay. Um, but I'm not ruling it out either because he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of speed. I don't. I wouldn't doubt that he might kick return kicks either because he did it really well in in junior college.
2: Yeah, he reminds me of Dion Sanders.
1: Yeah, he's another <laughs> Deon. Hey,
2: well, some, some news out of the portal this week. On Wednesday, Charlie Jones, kick returner, punt returner, wide receiver from Iowa, grad transfer guy, entered the, the portal. Auburn quickly reached out, as did several others. Uh, Charlie Jones, Auburn, Brock Bellantoni called him. Uh, I talked to Charlie Jones, what, what's today, Wednesday, uh, Thursday? I talked to him Wednesday night. God, school's ending today, folks, and it feels like a Friday, but it's not, school beaning, yeah, yeah. Um Auburn City Schools. <laughs> But anyways, so Charlie Jones spoke to Rock, Bell, and Tony last night. He didn't really go into a lot. He wanted to keep people guessing or whatnot. He just didn't want – he's not very uh, public. I don't even think he has a Twitter, to be honest with you. No, he okay. does. He just hasn't posted since, okay. like, 2018. So.
0: I was going to say since he, like, committed to Buffalo. That was the last one. Yeah, time. Right, right,
2: right. So – so Charlie Jones. Uh, speaking of Buffalo, that's where he knows Rock Bellantoni from. Rock was the p- director of player personnel, I think, until two thousand eighteen, when he moved to defensive end, special teams coordinator. That's when, that's when Charlie Jones signed with Iowa. Oh, I'm sorry. He's he out of uh, Buffalo. I think he was a two thousand seventeen class. Then he went to Iowa, two thousand nineteen. Yes. Yeah, I think 2019, so. when Rock was the special teams coordinator there, then he transferred to Iowa. I believe he walked on at Iowa, earned a starting spot, earned a scholarship, was Big Ten Returner of the Year, averaged 10 yards per kick uh, punt return. Anyways, he can do it all, man. He, he would be an instant upgrade to Auburn special teams, an instant upgrade to wide receiver. Still a lot to see what happens in his recruitment. Purdue, Illinois, Notre Dame, and he is from – Illinois, so it's he's got all of the hometown, home state schools after him. It will not be easy. I think the next step for Auburn is getting him down for a visit, and yeah. if that if if you can get him down for a visit, then you're in the game. Until then, I would I would urge people to remain patient on that. Right?
1: Yeah, and and you have to be patient on it, but it it also is going to move fast. I don't see how it takes more more than two or three weeks for you know a resolution in this because uh, I mean he's got to be enrolled somewhere right yeah he's got to get in right I don't think he's going to wait too long no. but it's kind of uh, I, I noticed a lot of Iowa fans on Twitter were like just completely shocked that he decided to go ahead and hit it now but you know you know Auburn fans a would have
2: ago. would have freaked out if he were an Auburn guy because I think it was just like two or three months ago he was like I'm returning for another year yeah he put a big
1: yeah, or, me, I
2: don't uh, think you put it out, but some like unfinished know. business, baby. Unfinished business, and yeah. uh, yeah. it will be somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Not an hour,
0: think, but go ahead. ahead, Jay. Head, I think he was a little uncomfortable with the quarterback situation coming out of spring practice, is my understanding. They, I think, the star that they had last year has graduated and moved on. It was kind of a, a mismatch of quarterbacks rotating in and out. So there wasn't a clear-cut starter that could kind of help feature him because this is his last year. He wants right. to play in the NFL. So if you're doing that, you want to make sure that you're going to go someplace that's going to feature you, you and put the ball in the air, and it's not going to be an issue with throwing interceptions or incompletions or anything of that nature. I don't blame the kid. I think sometimes you got to read the room and know your value. And obviously, you see the quality of schools jumping in on him. When you talk right. about Notre Dame, Auburn, Purdue, who – you can say Purdue, but Jeff Broms threw the ball as well as anybody last year. Yeah, sure. Point nine did. plus ball games in the Big Ten. And Texas Tech, really, Missouri. Exactly. Had some really good quarterbacks up there. Obviously, Eli knows what he's doing on mm-hmm. offense over at Missouri. Right. Kids predominantly played in the slot to this point. I think he does have the outfit size to play on the outside. I'll probably lean more to what Cole thinks there as far as that's concerned. But very impressed with him as a returner. And mm. I think everybody on this podcast knows. Lord knows we had enough of Demetrius Robinson dropping punts last year.
1: Yeah, that was if, tough.
0: If we could use an upgrade there, and I'm not trying to bag the kid, but we could definitely use an upgraded punt returner <clears> and <throat> having the Big Ten returner of the year, that would be a huge shot yard for special teams. So
1: yeah, and, and Harson has has shown um and he's not, you know, directly over special teams, he is over it at some point, right? And they want to get a return every time. And a lot of holding calls and things came of that nature, yeah. just because his emphasis on the on the returns is, hey, we're going to get a return. A lot of people aren't doing that anymore. They just settle for the twenty five. We think we can do better than that every time.
2: Yeah, right? and I wouldn't be opposed to seeing
1: four off of the kick return. I'd I'd, I'd rather see Tank Bigsby. Bigs, yeah, no, no, I, I no. don't think, I don't think he will be either. That's that, why I said uh, Keontae Scott. That's a guy that you could throw out there if he gets injured. You know, he's still working into the rotation. That wouldn't be as big of a loss, right? And he's fast, and he's returned what two kicks in juco last year right But charlie jones is a game changer as a returner like jay head said and, and as a receiver man he has exactly hit, man. right man i was sitting here going dude special teams upgrade absolutely but shit man that
2: dude would be our will yes. be
1: wide receiver two or three right now right or maybe even one well he's a deep threat right and he's a deep threat from the slot like jay head was saying which is sort of difficult to defend because usually you'll have you know if they're going to go man coverage you walk up a slower guy like a safety or something on him or a nickel so he's just something that Auburn doesn't have at all they don't have it in the receiver room and it would be an amazing upgrade and if you just go and watch his clips he's he's a deep ball guy I mean he averaged like over 20 yards catch (laughs) so ridiculous yeah um, speed and that's just I can see why they want him but he is the hottest commodity besides Tucker Dorsey in the portal right now. And oh, yeah, it's gonna be tough. Man. Yeah, Tucker Dorsey. Let me give you a quick little update <laughs> on him.
2: Uh, that's my update. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's my update. Yeah, uh, but hey, you know what? I skipped over June the 3rd. We talked about Jaden Osbury, Jamal Jarrett coming in that first weekend. Jay had, <clears throat> I forgot somebody and I haven't added him yet, but Brock Glenn, the quarterback yeah. from Memphis. Yeah likely coming in that weekend huge huge visit right there yep Very big. and we saw florida state jump into the mix earlier this week he's he's he won he placed high enough in the regionals in the elite 11 he's going to go out there and be a finalist in the uh in the quarterback competition
0: yes yeah
2: right so i want to get both of y'all i know i know Cole's a big Brock Glenn guy. Jay, let me let me jump in here, and uh, you jump in here, and let me let me know what you think about this Brock Glenn and the potential visit coming up in uh, Friday week.
0: Very big. Uh, obviously, he just he's coming off a visit to TCU that went yeah. well. Sonny Dykes is a fantastic offensive coach. I think they impressed him with what they had to put on display, and now it's Auburn's turn. Now, we need to crush this visit. I mean, absolutely. The sooner we can get him in the class, because he is priority number one at this point. The better. Everybody's looking for a quarterback. Brock Glenn is the hottest quarterback on the camp circuit right now. He's got a lot of attention. What he did in Nashville, I mean, he outplayed Florida State's current quarterback commitment, Chris Parsons. He outplayed the quarterback commitment to Ole Miss that Lane has in the fold, multiple other Power Five quarterbacks. And in fact, there are some people that were there from the national side that think that he outplayed Nico Ayamaleva, that's committed to Tennessee. Um, and I think there's a kid that's from Kansas, Avery Johnson, and maybe I've got the name wrong. No, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was also impressive out there. But Mike <laughs> Glenn Star is on the rise. You need a quarterback in every class. They're the alpha dog. They could be a huge, huge peer recruiter for you. And there's nothing that transcends a football team like a, you know, what I mean, a, a blue chip quarterback, and he is very much that. Mm -hmm. Now, you've seen offers come in lately from Virginia, now Florida State. Texas A&M is talking to him very heavily. I think they're going to be the next team to offer as far as that's concerned because they prioritize Dante Moore, who's trending heavily to Notre Dame at this point, as well as uh, Jaden Rashida, who seems to be trending towards Oregon. If both of those make a decision, and it seems like that's going to happen quickly, I think you're going to see A&M turn. We don't want to lose – Brock Glenn to Jimbo in Texas A&M. And I think he's also set to camp at Ohio State as of today. Oh. So, if you can keep him away from Ohio State, you can keep him away from Texas A&M, that would be fantastic. I'm very, very high on Brock Glenn, what he brings to the table, the fit within the offense. Um, and I think he's only going to continue to raise his stock by what he's going to do at California in the Elite 11 finals.
1: Right. Yeah, I think Harson and Keesaw really made a good move on him. They They did it in the right at the right time they timed mm-hmm. it right and you know he was listed at six foot 185 i think and now we've changed that because when he got to auburn his measurables were a lot better than that and they were thinking that he was that size too yeah, he now, he's taller than me no man he's he's got big hands he's got long you know he's lengthy six two probably getting closer mm-hmm. to 190 200 and they saw him and said you know, we liked this guy anyway. Let's go ahead and, and 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 throw the offer out there. And, you know, Vizina was off the board more than likely too. There you go.
2: That's right.
1: But, I mean, even before Vizina was off the board, they still liked Vizina, but Brock Glenn was on the board, and that was a name, you know, we mentioned him a while back as a guy. And when they saw him in person, they said, well, there's no need to wait anymore. He He looks like he's the right kind of guy. And then he goes and shows out at the Elite Eleven. So yeah, they made a great move, and and people are going to jump in, and and uh, Auburn may have, you know, put themselves in place to land him still with all the attention, just because of of his affinity for the school and the fact that they did give him a chance before others.
2: Similar to Holden Garner, am I
1: right? Yeah, yeah. And Garner, he's a guy that was sort of. Filled out when he was younger too so people knew who he was I, I don't think they realized that he was such a gunslinger until he got out there at the camps and started showing out but again <laughs> harson keysaw they see it on tape and go yep yeah, that's my kind of guy i'm in <laughs> and,
2: and and the recruitment is very similar to him in that relative unknown to anybody outside of the region right garner was and then he went mm-hmm. he, he he earns the 11 finalist invite didn't do, didn't, I think we talked about this before. He didn't go out there and just kill it, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, here we are, Brock Glenn, relative unknown to anybody outside the South. He's blowing up on, on the camp circuit, going out to the Elite 11.
1: Let's see how he does. I will Let's- say, Jeffrey, about oh, uh, holding Gurner back at the, when I went to the Under Armour game down in Orlando, um, at the practices, they were just, all the guys that were watching him were so interested in his release, like his release was like, <laughs> like Dan Marino or something. The way he releases it. Who, who's this? Gerner? Gurner. Okay. Yeah. 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 He, he started making noise again later in the year too, but just, just uh, again, it just points out the evaluation that Keysaw and Harson have have done, and and you know when they see a quarterback they like, they jump on it, and and you should you should go okay. Well, I might have to start trusting them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they can see it pretty good had good success in that category.
2: I like both of these guys in that J and you probably know this more than I do but you know we I think we might even mention it on the show before but both of these guys are what I would expect to find in a Harson offense, right? Sure. Yes.
0: Prototype yeah. prototype you know, for, for a hard Harson offense. Fit it to a T for between, you know, I mean, their efficiency, their accuracy, their toughness, pocket mobility. Everything that he wants to do on offense, you can see it on tape, and they are able to accentuate that. Um, and it's great because Cole said this, you know, when every quarterback recruit you have does the same thing, you don't have, you know, this
2: – Yes.
0: Up and down of quarterback <laughs> recruits Yes. Like we did. It, at does, right? God
2: bless. That was what was so frustrating. I mean, for personally for me was seeing – You know, three dual-threat quarterbacks and three pro-style quarterbacks and what – I mean, it never made sense to me. Yeah.
0: And you can't sell the system from one year to the next because you're constantly changing things to fit around the skill set of your quarterback.
1: Right. Yes. Which, by the way, I don't mean to cut you off, but that segues into your receiver recruiting right now. And you talk about um, Charlie Jones from Iowa. You know, possibly going well. I don't know about the quarterback play at Iowa. I'm going to take a look around here. Well, I mean, yes, Zach Calzada did good things at Texas a and but you're looking at last year, which was Harson's first year. The the years before that, you're seeing guys like Bo Nix and guys like Jarrett Stidham and the the whole conglomeration of guys. Well, you don't know exactly what Harson's going to do with all of his quarterbacks yet. If you're just learning about it and as a receiver with one year to play or just receiver in general maybe that's something that's holding you back a little bit right now again it has to go to the field you have to see how they're going to do with things you have to see the consistency in quarterback play that they target receivers more and then you might start seeing an uptick in receiver recruiting right now i don't i don't see it being just over you know getting all these flashy guys I just don't see that happening right now. A lot of obstacles for Auburn. Yeah,
2: I agree. With wide receiver yeah. recruiting, especially a grad transfer guy with one year to play. You don't sure. even know who the starter is.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of questions, right?
0: No, and they, they, go ahead you and answer on it on the court. field,
1: though. That's how you do it. You answer it on the field, and then you might see an uptick.
0: Yep, proof of concept. I mean, I, I think that that's something that we desperately need to do is is be able to show that our passing game can take a step forward. There's no question about that. And in the interim, you have to do what we did last year in high school recruiting and pick guys that fit your system and can fall within the positions that you need them to play Yeah. to really kind of be able to, you know, I'm not trying to say game the system, but you have to find – you have to be able to scout and trust your eval that these guys do project as big-time players within your scheme before you're going to be able to really knock down the door for some of these five-star, high-four-star guys, transfer wide receivers, particularly those with one year left, you know what I mean, they got to trust with what's going to be in your quarterback room. You're going to be able to get them the football. Yeah. So, it, it, this will be a tough recruitment. What you hope is, and this goes for all portal recruiting, that you know, we do have an end. Rock Bell knows this kid. Yeah. recruits exactly. this kid. Coach this kid on special teams. So, what you're hoping is, is that that relationship will transcend what we have in the quarterback right, room right now and help establish trust so that he can, we can sell him on the vision. That's what you're hoping right now. Will it work? You have no idea because you have a lot of other big schools in there that are able to sell him the same thing. So mm-hmm. like you said, Jeffrey, everybody needs to be patient about Charlie Jones angle. Yes, our our coaching staff wants him. Yes, they're on him hard. Can they pull him? I don't know.
2: Yeah. I think I think patient, I think it's maybe lower your expectation. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of excitement, and understandably so. Here's a really good wide receiver that we've reached out to, we've we've made contact with. Yeah. But at the same time, like Coles, it there's a lot of obstacles, man. You don't even know who your starting quarterback's going to be. This kid's got one year left to play, and he's looking to, to make noise in that year. And to expect him to come to Auburn without a starting quarterback, without an established offense, really, mm-hmm. is where I'm saying
1: temper the expectations. Is that right? Yeah, and even though even though you got to end, and that's definitely a great yeah. start in any transfer portal recruitment, um, it's still going to be tough because of that. And you can do everything you can as a coach, and, and you just can't overcome those questions sometimes until they're answered on the field. and And you might miss a guy like this with one year. Now you could, you know, fix that on the next go round after they've seen it in action. They go, okay, mm-hmm. now I trust you. Um, but it's it's just like I was talking to Samuel. Omo Sigo, who just put Auburn in his top 10, and he's a linebacker. And the first thing he said to me, well, man, look, Auburn's always had a great front seven. <laughs> there you go. There's half of the job right there. Then yeah. you go in as a coach and you do what you do. But that's a whole, you know, a whole nother thing that you have to account for. It's just part of recruiting. What, exactly. Especially when you're recruiting high four and five-star guys who have a lot of attention. And you know grad transfer. Speaking of grad
2: transfers, staying with Charlie Jones, well, Jay Head, I think last week you said you had the number at seventy eight scholarships,
0: seventy eight or seventy nine. We're within that ballpark. So, so I-
2: still a handful of yeah. handful of spots. And if at this point, if you're going to fill any of those between now and the start of two days, it's going to be grad transfers, or else they won't be immediately eligible. Right.
0: That's correct. Unless they got into the portal before May 1st, right? they would not be eligible. The only people that can enter at this point are grad transfers. And if they procure a waiver, which the NCAA seems to be rubber stamping right now, um, just as basically a hat tip to guys that graduate from college that do the things that they need to do so that they can transfer to their next destination. But yeah. you're right, Jeffrey. It's a very interesting point that we find ourselves in. I think the coaching staff feels comfortable with the additions we've made in the transfer portal. They feel comfortable with the additions we've made with high school recruiting. And now we've gotten ourselves into a situation where we don't necessarily have to take guys just to take guys, okay? Yeah. We want more than anything to upgrade the roster. And can we do that with the players that are in the portal right now? I don't think so.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: I, it, I think most of the multi-year transfers, with the exception of maybe a kid like a Ron Peppins from Utah, that's the yeah. only kid I've heard that's a multi-year transfer that we're even kicking the tires on. Um, is going to be a grad transfer because they want to reserve spots for next year. Yeah, You've got 17 graduating seniors on this class. You currently have six or seven open spots. That puts you at around 24 open scholarships before any attrition or guys turning pro early like a Kobe Wooden or something of that nature. Yeah, I think what this staff would love to do is make sure they have 24 spots rolling into next year that they can spend on high school and JUCO recruits and then with all the attrition that they have, they go hard in December to replace every bit of that. That's what they would prefer to do because they know just like we do now that the majority of your recruits that are going to be able to contribute are going to be those early ones that get in the portal in December that you already have relationships with, that you have some level of expectation from. That's where they plan on maximizing the portal, I think, moving yeah. forward. Like you said, right yeah. now, you find a stopgap grant transfer, one or two, maybe an edge. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to have to use our own roster to do that. Yeah. Maybe with a Cam Riley, maybe with a Kobe Wooden, if you want to use a larger edge. Um, but if you could find that, if you can find a Charlie Jones at wide receiver, hell, if you can find anybody that's a contributor as a grad transfer that's hell not yeah. going to keep spot mm-hmm. for you next year, you're going to take it. You're going yep. to continue to add guys. So I think – and I think AU302, this is – I'm kind of going to give you a how about you early. Okay. That was your question yeah. as far as portal recruiting and the, the strategy that we've got right now. It's attacking the grad transfer market as they become available and making sure that we maintain as much roster flexibility as we can moving into next year so we're not limited. Because now you've done away with the 25. It's just managing your 85. You still can't just run kids off. It doesn't work like that. You have to honor that four-year scholarship if you give it to them. So you want to damn well be sure that you're giving it to a guy that's going to be able to improve the play on your team. So that's that's the strategy right now, as best I understand.
2: And you know, the portal is not hasn't ended yet. The grad transfers, as we saw last summer, man, these guys can, you know, we can it can hit the portal in July. Yes. So kind of a kind of a wait and see. I mean, I, I, again, I would. I would have low expectations, and anything that happens, man, it, it's just is it, a bonus. That that's kind of the way I've always looked at it. I don't know. I, I don't expect you know former five star guys like Demetrius Robertson to jump in there every year and Auburn be able to to to, to, to snag him. But certainly there's that possibility. So I, I I'm like you, Jay Head. You got 78, 79. eight, seventy nine. You're going into it with your current roster. You're not going to bring anybody over here just to be a dude. No. Yeah. Take yeah. up a scholarship number. Yeah. and there's no need for, no, no need in it, and, and and see what happens in June, July. And if nothing does, then you're good. I mean, it, it's not the end of the world, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: You, you've got a two deep of guys right now that you can lean on. Do you have yeah. all the depth that you want? No, it, it's not an ideal situation, but you can manufacture depth by the kind of schemes that you employ on defense where we use more three-man fronts than we do four-man fronts. There's multiple other things you can do to – mitigate your your depth issues that you're having as far as how you utilize your roster and the players that you're using as impact players. So it's not a make-or-break situation, but what is is taking players that cannot contribute to your roster. You yeah. don't need dead weight. You need to be able to add guys that are impact players moving forward. This coaching staff recognizes that. That's their plan um, is to get as many, like Cole has already said this, but as many impact high school recruits as they can land. If they think they can play, they're going to take them. Mm-hmm. And then once you get beyond that is to hit that portal extremely hard in November, December, January, and get those early, early transfers in the phone that you know that can come in the spring ball and can start making a difference on your roster.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, too, having those five or six extra roster spots um, for depth purposes probably was going to be a lot bigger of an issue until the NCAA put in their new policy for class limits and took it away because now you can you can fill the 85 man roster however you need to. Yep. Which is my opinion should have been that way anyway, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> Something to so, uh
2: some follow, obviously.
1: Uh, yeah, that changes. I mean, that changes a whole lot for for Auburn because I I think a big reason why people were upset that they t- only took 17 from the 2022 classes because like we have needs and you didn't you didn't even fill out the number we could take like that's where the issue was for most. Well, now, you, you know, maybe they maybe they knew more than we did. I don't know. Yeah, going,
0: yeah going back now, all right, in, in looking at this in hindsight, Pat I would say hindsight's 50-50, but anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't you think, and Jeffrey, this question's for you. You've been around the recruiting game for a long time. If they knew they could just fill their 85, so many kids would have gotten scholarship offers like a Taylor Webb um, like the running yeah. back out of Atlanta. I'm trying to think of his name that guy Justin it Williams. Justin Williams. a lot of other kids would have been turned on early that we could have had in the class. Oh yeah mm-hmm. that would, you know what I mean that would mitigate the numbers, but we had to, we were protecting scholarships to a degree because the coaching staff wanted to elevate the floor through the portal. They were yeah. trying to maintain some flexibility there. Right. So really put us at a disadvantage that they didn't do this earlier. But that's not the case moving into next year. And, and that's all you can do is project moving forward what, you're, what your plan is. So, yeah. I think they got a solid plan. I'm on board with it. It's the best you can possibly do right
2: now. Absolutely, man. A lot, lot to keep track of with the numbers the portal coming up, if there is any. But uh, the official visits to me is the, the most important thing. We're going to have full coverage at Auburn Live on three. If you're not a member of that site, you should be. $8.33 a month. Try us out for a week. We'll give it to you for free. If you don't like us, you can uh, kick rocks. But we don't think you'll ever get to that point, man. Got uh, J-Heads came in with uh, AU302. How about you? Uh, Anybody else, Cole? Yeah,
1: I got one. All right. What would be – I have not pulled up right here. Jimbo Slice91. Yeah, man, that's Kimbo's brother. That's right. Oh, Kimbo's brother. Yeah. Yeah, He sent me a message, said, hey, new to the site – love what you guys are doing all right i am here to stay
0: we appreciate you jimbo yeah you know, you know where that name's coming from right
1: yeah kimbo slice
0: oh no 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 no. so they're mixing sliced bread from the oklahoma message board okay and they're mixing jimbo jimbo fisher
1: so okay jimbo
0: Slice.
1: oh hey, my
2: hey. bad kimbo <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
2: I've got a few. I got a few. I got a few. Man, we had some really good posters this week. Some really good stuff, especially on on our call-in show. When uh, if you miss it or if you're not aware of it, uh, Tuesday night call-in show, recruiting call-in show, six thirty to seven thirty. All three of us will be there Tuesday night. At least that's the plan right now. I know there's Memorial Day coming up, but we, as far as I'm concerned, six thirty Tuesday night on our YouTube channel. I said Facebook last week. Uh, Nobody caught me on that. But it's it's a YouTube. Uh, We do not do MySpace or. Actually, Cole does Facebook. Uh, we, we have a Facebook page. We do somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> hey, my how about you, uh, Duke O T? Uh, Duke O T? Uh, how about you, to Duke O T? How about you, to BBP? How about you, to Easterwood? How about you, to DWF AU fan and Rice DP? Man, had a couple of uh, good helpful posts for me. He Posted some Charlie Jones highlights. I included them in my story. Appreciate you there, uh, Rice DP. Uh, how about you, to at jaddy eighty eight, Jadie eighty eight, at Zuni. At brave four one six and at au mike bk always post awesome stuff on the corner and we appreciate all the stuff that he he does post interesting stuff about former Auburn guys in the NFL uh, minor leagues and all that man he, he does a really good job and my Dingleberry of the week <laughs> Bo is great mm. Bo is great is a great poster nah I'm I'm a, I'm a longtime fan of Bo is great he doesn't have a best week today <laughs> or the best week today he didn't have the best week this past week. So, Bo's great. Congratulations B, dude from one minor alum to the no, uh, to the next big oh, berry yeah. of the week. Good job, man. Hey, so uh that's it for this week folks. I'm sorry. We usually go for about an, an hour, but I, I got to go pick up my son. So, uh we apologize, but listen, Tuesday night call-in show, we're going to be back for with the Shrivel Pod next Thursday. Hope everybody tunes us in Tuesday night, give us a call with any re- recruiting questions. And then if not, you can listen to us next Thursday. For J head, for hey, Cole hey Jeffrey,
1: I got one more in this for uh, J heads Ethernet cable. All right, I'm good.
2: How about you, Ethernet <laughs> cable? All right, so for J head, for Cole Pinkston, for J heads Ethernet cable, i Jeffrey Lee. Man, stay out of the left lane in your, unless you're passing, and then get the hell back over in the right lane. See you. <laughs> All right, folks, I gotta go.